Chapter Nine of Glinda of Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine, Lady Oryx. Lady Oryx led Ozma and Dorothy along a street to a pretty marble house near to one edge of the great glass dome that covered the village. She did not speak to the girls until she had ushered them into a pleasant room, comfortably furnished, nor did any of the solemn people they met on the street venture to speak. When they were seated, Lady Oryx asked if they were hungry, and, finding they were, summoned a maid and ordered food to be brought. This Lady Oryx looked to be about twenty years old, Although in the land of Oz, where people have never changed in appearance since the fairies made it a fairyland, where no one grows old or dies, it is always difficult to say how many years anyone has lived. She had a pleasant, attractive face, even though it was solemn and sad, as the faces of all skeezers seem to be. And her costume was rich and elaborate, as became a lady-in-waiting upon the queen. Ozma had observed Lady Oryx closely, and now asked her in a gentle tone, "'Do you also believe me to be an impostor? "'I dare not say,' replied Lady Oryx in a low tone. "'Why are you afraid to speak freely?' inquired Ozma. "'The queen punishes us if we make remarks that she does not like. "'Are we not alone, then, in this house?' The queen can hear everything that is spoken on this island, even the slightest whisper, declared Lady Oryx. She is a wonderful witch, as she has told you, and it is folly to criticize her or disobey her commands. Ozma looked into her eyes and saw that she would like to say more if she dared. So she drew from her bosom her silver wand, and, having muttered a magic phrase in a strange tongue, she left the room and walked slowly around the outside of the house, making a complete circle and waving her wand in mystic curves as she walked. Lady Oryx watched her curiously, and when Ozma had again entered the room and seated herself, she asked, "'What have you done?' "'I've enchanted this house in such a manner,' that Queen Coo-ee-o, with all her witchcraft, cannot hear one word we speak within the magic circle I have made, replied Ozma. We may now speak freely and as loudly as we wish, without fear of the Queen's anger. Lady Oryx brightened at this. Can I trust you? she asked. Everybody trusts Ozma, exclaimed Dorothy. She is true and honest and your wicked queen will be sorry she insulted the powerful ruler of all the land of Oz. The queen does not know me yet, said Ozma, but I want you to know me, Lady Oryx, and I want you to tell me why you and all the skeezers are unhappy. Do not fear Coo-ee-oh's anger, for she cannot hear a word we say, I assure you. Lady Oryx was thoughtful for a moment, and then she said, "'I shall trust you, Princess Ozma, for I believe you are what you say you are, our supreme ruler. 
If you knew the dreadful punishments our queen inflicts upon us, you would not wonder we are so unhappy. The skeezers are not bad people. They do not care to quarrel and fight, even with their enemies, the Flatheads. But they are so cowed and fearful of coo that they obey her slightest word, rather than suffer her anger. "'Hasn't she any heart, then?' asked Dorothy. "'She never displays mercy. She loves no one but herself,' asserted Lady Oryx. But she trembled as she said it, as if afraid even yet of her terrible queen. "'That's pretty bad.' said Dorothy, shaking her head gravely. I see you've a lot to do here, Ozma, in this forsaken corner of the land of Oz. First place, you've got to take the magic away from Queen coo and from that awful Sudic, too. My idea is that neither of them is fit to rule anybody, cause they're cruel and hateful. So you'll have to give the skeezers and flatheads new rulers, and teach all their people that they're part of the land of Oz, and must obey, above all, the lawful ruler, Ozma of Oz. Then when you've done that, we can go back home again. Ozma smiled at her little friend's earnest counsel, but Lady Oryx said in an anxious tone, I am surprised that you suggest these reforms while you are yet prisoners on this island, and in coo power. That these things should be done, there is no doubt. But just now a dreadful war is likely to break out, and frightful things may happen to us all. Our queen has such conceit that she thinks she can overcome the Sudic and his people. But it is said Sudic's magic is very powerful, although not as great as that possessed by his wife, Rora, before coo transformed her into a golden pig. I don't blame her very much for doing that, remarked Dorothy, for the Flatheads were wicked to try to catch your beautiful fish, and the witch Rora wanted to poison all the fishes in the lake. Do you know the reason? asked the Lady Oryx. I don't suppose there was any reason except just wickedness, replied Dorothy. Tell us the reason, said Ozma earnestly. Well, Your Majesty, once, a long time ago, the Flatheads and the Skeezers were friendly. They visited our island, and we visited their mountain, and everything was pleasant between the two peoples. At that time the Flatheads were ruled by three adepts in sorcery, beautiful girls who were not Flatheads, but had wandered to the Flat Mountain and made their home there. These three adepts used their magic only for good, and the mountain people gladly made them their rulers. They taught the Flatheads how to use their canned brains, and how to work metals into clothing that would never wear out, and many other things that added to their happiness and content. coo was our queen then, as now, but she knew no magic, and so had nothing to be proud of. But the three adepts were very kind to coo they built for us this wonderful dome of glass, and our houses of marble, and taught us to make beautiful clothing and many other things. coo pretended to be very grateful for these favors, but it seems that all the time she was jealous of the three adepts, and secretly tried to discover their arts of magic. 
In this she was more clever than anyone suspected. She invited the three adepts to a banquet one day, and while they were feasting, coo stole their charms and magical instruments and transformed them into three fishes, a gold fish, a silver fish, and a bronze fish. While the poor fishes were gasping and flopping helplessly on the floor of the banquet room, one of them said reproachfully, "'You will be punished for this, coo for if one of us dies or is destroyed, you will become shriveled and helpless, and all your stolen magic will depart from you.' Frightened by this threat, coo at once caught up the three fish and ran with them to the shore of the lake, where she cast them into the water. This revived the three adepts, and they swam away and disappeared. "'I myself witnessed this shocking scene,' continued Lady Oryx, and so did many other skeezers. The news was carried to the Flatheads, who then turned from friends to enemies. The Sudik and his wife Rora were the only ones on the mountain who were glad the three adepts had been lost to them, and they at once became rulers of the Flatheads, and stole their canned brains from others to make themselves the more powerful. Some of the adepts' magic tools had been left on the mountain, and these Rora seized, and by the use of them she became a witch. The result of Kuwio's treachery was to make both the skeezers and the flatheads miserable instead of happy. Not only were the Sudik and his wife cruel to their people, but our queen at once became proud and arrogant, and treated us very unkindly. All the skeezers knew she had stolen her magic powers, and so she hated us and made us humble ourselves before her and obey her slightest word. If we disobeyed or did not please her, or if we talked about her when we were in our own homes, she would have us dragged to the whipping post in her palace and lashed with knotted cords. Oh, that is why we fear her so greatly." This story filled Ozma's heart with sorrow, and Dorothy's heart with indignation. "'I now understand,' said Ozma, "'why the fishes in the lake have brought about war between the skeezers and the flatheads.' "'Yes,' Lady Oryx answered. "'Now that you know the story, it is easy to understand. "'The Sudik and his wife came to our lake hoping to catch the silver fish or gold fish or bronze fish, any one of them would do, and by destroying it deprive coo of her magic. Then they could easily conquer her. Also they had another reason for wanting to catch the fish. They feared that in some way the three adepts might regain their proper forms, and then they would be sure to return to the mountain and punish Rora and the Sudik. That was why Rora finally tried to poison all the fishes in the lake, at the time coo transformed her into a golden pig. Of course this attempt to destroy the fishes frightened the queen, for her safety lies in keeping the three fishes alive. "'I suppose coo will fight the flatheads with all her might,' observed Dorothy. "'And with all her magic,' added Ozma thoughtfully. "'I do not see how the Flatheads can get to this island to hurt us,' said Lady Oryx. "'They have bows and arrows, 
"'And I guess they mean to shoot the arrows at your big dome and break all the glass in it,' suggested Dorothy. But Lady Oryx shook her head with a smile. "'They cannot do that,' she replied. "'Why not?' I dare not tell you why, but if the Flatheads come tomorrow morning, you will yourselves see the reason. I do not think they will attempt to harm the island, Ozma declared. I believe they will first attempt to destroy the fishes by poison or some other means. If they succeed in that, the conquest of the island will not be difficult. They have no boats, said Lady Oryx, and Kuio who has long expected this war, has been preparing for it in many astonishing ways. I almost wish the Flatheads would conquer us, for then we would be free from our dreadful queen. But I do not wish to see the three transformed fishes destroyed, for in them lies our only hope of future happiness. Ozma will take care of you whatever happens, Dorothy assured her. But the Lady Oryx, not knowing the extent of Ozma's power, which was in fact not so great as Dorothy imagined, could not take much comfort in this promise. It was evident there would be exciting times on the morrow if the Flatheads really attacked the skeezers of the Magic Isle. End of Chapter 9